Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Tide of Film Podcast. I think I deserve that. You deserve a lot of things. After should, should we go the through half an hour of technical problems that should we Callum go, has just created? Should we go through the behind the scenes? I I, I don't think I can relive it again. Um, yeah, so we we use we're recording remotely today. Um, just from a time as we point have of view. done in the last, the last few couple episodes. of episodes. Yeah, um, and I the software we used has imposed a new limit you can only use a certain amount of recording hours a month on a free on the free plan so i said all right callum this will be easy you make an account and send me the link and we'll do it from your end half an hour later here we are um probably more like 25 minutes because we started on the last episode well we we started i I will give you 25 minutes then um so because we chatted a bit yeah. for the first kind of at eight thirty, so that was like the well, five minutes. Well, while Callum was scrabbling around trying to fix it from his end, um, and I was slowly dying inside, um, I managed to send him the whole, pretty much the whole of the lyrics to comfortably numb. Um, yeah, I noticed over. that because <laughs> <laughs> I was scrambling around for a minute, and then I looked down, and I said, "Oh, there's about ten new messages." Ah, I see. That's very funny, very witty. <laughs> Um, but anyway, we it are here. Took me a minute to and... figure out what they. I, it's been a while since I've heard comfortably nothing, so I thought, what the hell is that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course, comfortably numb. Yeah. So, hello. Is there anybody in there? Yes. Just no. I, I completely, I completely forgot about that song. Is there anyone home? For about five minutes, anyway. like, what the hell does that mean? So this is what I have to put up with. Um, yeah. Usually I don't have to do this, so usually I'm just kind of sitting back and watching you <laughs> press a few buttons, and I'm I'm fine with that. And then suddenly, and, yeah, it's time for me to get to work. It's like work, 
I didn't <laughs> sign up for work. And yeah. So my nice plan of going to bed early has gone out the window, um, <laughs> which is slightly annoying, but there we go. Anywho, um, the one piece of work that you do do in relation to this podcast is the socials. Yes. And Callum, tell us all about them. So the socials, uh, Instagram <laughs> and Facebook, uh, it's Untitled Film Podcast, one word. Um, come by, say hello. We've started putting up more fun things like top fives and stuff. We got, I think, seven comments all saying, promote it on this place. Uh, so that was, uh, <laughs> I think, a record. But we did actually get a little flurry of um, you know, friends actual and people. Comments. Yeah, actual comments. Uh, so I'm just going to read them out. So uh, last week, one of my news pieces was that uh, Romola Gurri, or Gray um, was directing a new movie, and one of our friends from uh, another podcast, Queer Horror High, uh, came by just to say that uh, they had directed uh, Roma Gl- Romula Gurri had uh, or Gray, sorry, uh, directed a ho- horror film a few years ago called Amulet, and that they personally liked it, but the audiences hated it apparently, and critics were lukewarm. Well, one critic that wasn't lukewarm was Mark Kermode, uh, who's sort of the authority. On yeah, British I horror. Could- I Googled it after I saw the comment and saw Mark Komodo giving it, I think, a four or five star review yeah. in The Guardian. and he was introduced at the BFI player. So, And I think that's probably from my friend Chris, uh, who I've known from a bunch of movie forums, who is one of the co-hosts from Queer Horror High. So thank you very much, Chris, for the comments. And that is one that I need to check out at some point because I do like a creepy British horror movie. Excellent. Yeah, I haven't seen it too, so... I will indeed watch that. And if people want to see these kind of interesting musings that we put on our interactions with fellow podcasts and other people out there, what are the names of our, what's the accounts names of our socials? Where would they find us? It's Untitled Film Podcast. It's one word. And we're also on YouTube. So uh, that's Facebook, that's Instagram, that's YouTube. And there you'll find us. And we've just started putting up a fu- more fun things. Because uh, it was uh, Kevin Smith's special last week. Uh, I asked people to send us um, top five Kevin Smith films. I put up mine, uh, but I ha- we had seven comments saying, promote it on whatever. <laughs> uh, so we didn't get any actual comments. But, uh, you know, if you see a fun thing like that, pop by, say hello. And yeah, tell us uh, tell us something and interact with the fun stuff. For the Excellent. love of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Fantastic. <laughs> and I think that brings us nicely on to the news um and once again it's been a really hard and heavy week of news and there was lots of things to choose from so callum is that sarcasm what is your first piece of news um yeah actually i think this is actually sounds pretty fun that ethan cohen is uh setting up a film called drive away dolls with um margaret quayley and geraldine visman nathan uh who are two sort of up-and-comers they've done a lot of interesting work young actresses um, so the plot is, is that it's going to be written by Cohen, who's kind of for a while been working kind of on his own. Actually, no, I think that's Joel Cohen who did the um, Macbeth and stuff like that. So I think this is for, the first for Ethan. Uh, Drive Away Dolls follows Jamie, an un- uninhibited free spirit um, uh, who is bemoaning yet another breakup with a girlfriend and her demure friend Marion, who desperately needs to loosen up in search for a fresh start. The two embark on an impromptu road trip to Tallahassee and its uh, co-stars Beanie Feldstein, Pedro Pascal, who's the it guy at the moment, uh, Bill Camp, and Matt Damon. So it actually sounds pretty fun. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Ethan Cohen does without Joel. 
Yeah, interesting little cast there. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like it's Ethan has. I feel like he's written some things by himself, isn't he? Very may well have. Was um, it was it him that wrote Men in Black Three? Oh, possibly. But I think that I think there's another. There's either another Joel Cohen out there or another Ethan Cohen out, out there who is sort of more of a hack for hire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not the person that wrote Men in Black 3. Okay, maybe. maybe. To be honest, I I didn't know that he had written it, but I know that they... Didn't they write um, Gambit, the remake of Gambit? Ethan Cohen. Oh, interesting. Men in Black 3. I thought that was the case. Interesting. I did not know that. That's obviously the main... One of the main characters is... um, uh, What's his name? Uh, Um, Michael... um, Josh Brolin. No, no, no. Michael... Uh, oh, Shepherd Michael Stuhlberg. Stuhlberg. Yeah. yeah. Which obviously he's a bit of a Coen Brothers guy, isn't he? Yes, he is. So, um, no. Um, yeah. So Ethan has done some writing before um, by himself. It's the first time directing. With, I think he worked with Mike Judge on some things as well in the past. And very may- well, maybe. I know that they sort of both have their hands in various projects at any one time. Yeah, exactly. But no. Um, excellent. So that is... Um, your first piece of news yes and uh, what's yours mine is that um as we've kind of discussed in the past um uh, that james gunn has taken over the dc universe if i want to call it that whatever they call themselves um james gunn obviously now guardians 2 is coming out very soon as well mm-hmm. um he has been discussing the possibility and that there has been discussions of doing a DC Marvel crossover. Ooh, fancy, schmancy. Now, on one hand, interesting. On the other hand, I just don't see Marvel going for it. I feel like DC would have a lot more to gain out of it than Marvel. Um, a bit like with Sony and Marvel with Spider-Man. And I don't know, I just can't see, I can't see Disney wanting to give up 50% of a Marvel movie when they don't have to. That is but true. It, but it is interesting. It's an interesting thought. I mean, what do you think? Um, well, uh, my souring on the MCU notwithstanding, I think I am completely nonplussed, frankly. Um, if anything, I want to see more individual films like uh, The Batman. And even though I have flaws with it, the Joker series, I'd much rather see because I know that he's doing his Elseworlds as well like mm-hmm. uh, the Batman series I'm far more interested in that I don't I, when I hear the word expanded universe my eyes turn to just sleep but it's not an expanded universe it's a weird crossover a weird crossover um I no don't know how I'm, not, I, I'm not I don't no not that interested frankly <laughs> I've, I've a complete I, and, I'm so, and I'm a comic book guy so I should be but right now I'm like oh, another is it not thing. a little bit kryptonite Hey, hey, almost trying to mix the two universes. Like they're quite yeah, different. Yeah, I think so. Like, DC is a bit dark. I, don't, I hate that this that term really darker, but it is a bit kind of more, you know, ground, darker and 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 obviously happens in a kind of a fake universe with Gotham City and blah blah blah. Whereas the whole thing with Marvel is it happens in on Earth and in the real universe. So it'd be quite a hard thing to... And it'll overlap. start getting confusing because I'm sure they've shared a b- bunch of actors like J.K. Simmons is both Commissioner Gordon and J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. 
So it might just I mean, get I a bit confusing. I suppose with this multiverse stuff, maybe there's a way. Yeah. I think the problem with the multiverse is it's meant to be different versions of the same universe, not different. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I think too. It's a strange one. But it is. it does interest, because of obviously James Gunn having close ties with Disney and Marvel and now going into this DC role, it, it, I suppose it does open up a a door of some kind. Yeah, just not one I'm particularly interested in going to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll happen and you'll eat your words. Maybe it'll be maybe, the maybe there'll be a brilliant all maybe time. possibly. You know, I I'd love to see a, a comic book movie that really excites me again. I mean I doubt it highly, but anyway. Yeah. Alrighty. Your second second piece bit of news. of news. Uh the Cannes Film Festival has announced its lineup. Um and amongst the films that are going to be in competition, we spoke about this last week, Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. That's uh, going to be heading up the competition, but there's also going to be Jonathan Glazer's The Zone of Interest, Todd Haynes, May, December, starring Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman, um, Hirokazu Koreida's Monster, Alice Rockwath, Wah, sorry, Raw Wackers, I'm probably terrible pronunciation, uh, La Camarilla, um, all competition. And then there's also going to be new releases from uh, Jessica Hausner, um, Catherine uh, brilliant uh ken loach with vim vendors so that you know there's a some bunch of stuff to be excited for uh, every year the Cannes film festival is a bit of a, a mess but it's always an exciting one <laughs> and it's fun to see how these things go down yeah it's it's a weird place isn't it people like films people boo or give standing ovations then when they come out people are like what were they on? What like yeah. this film's mediocre or this film's yeah. great or so, yeah. Yeah, what was all that about? Or or there'll be one film that's really offensive and people will be vomiting and booing and saying it's the worst bit of trash ever, and then it'll come out and it's like, it's all right. Like the killer inside me or uh, um the house that Jack built, you know, all yeah. fuss over nothing. I mean the house that Jack built was quite lazy if you ask me, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, it's it's a weird festival. But it'd be interesting to see what comes of it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, in my week of struggles to find news, uh, I have uh, gone back to the well that is DC. Oh, yeah. And Todd Phillips has been posting pictures of your favorite movie ever sequel, <laughs> The Joker 2. I still need to give it a second chance because uh, I think at the time it came out, there was all that incel sort of um, discussion about it. And I, I didn't, I didn't give it a fair shake, but I haven't gone back to watch it, so I'm fully willing to admit that uh, it's one to revisit. I think my issue with it is it just doesn't live up to the hype. I don't think it uh, that stuff didn't. Bo- well, it bothers me. Incels bother me. Sure, <laughs> but the yeah, that I can I can leave that at the door. I just didn't think it was that amazing a film. It was like a, it was a film that thought it was a lot better than it was. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. it um. It, it has moments that are good, but it also has at times it's, I think it's too long and flabby and boring. And then I don't think it really ever land. It kind of like half makes five points and doesn't really land any of them. Yeah. That um, was an issue I had with it as well. You know, it never of, really cemented on one thing. No, it wants to be a big film of big ideas and it kind of just goes bleh. And I just don't think it, yeah, because of that, I just don't think it's quite as good as it should be. Interestingly enough, and obviously she's had some fantastic turns, uh, Lady Gaga is going to be Harley Quinn in it. Um, that is to... interesting. I am yeah. quite interested to see how that works because uh, I like Mar- uh, Margot Robbie. Um, 
and she's of course been the person to do it but be interesting she'll be the next person to have several people play the same character yeah exactly it's a strange one it is strange because i think there's gonna unfortunately i think it doesn't seem to be that um uh what's his face what's his face um the other joker of recent times oh oh jared leto yeah that idiot um he is aren't they isn't he they aren't they gonna let him be the joker again as well i think yeah i did hear some rumblings um but they've got so many projects (laughs) kind of going on at once like there's so many different iterations because they're allowing batman to be robert pattinson but also Mm. ben affleck but also but is ben affleck back back. is he getting kicked out and yeah just that might be a one-off yeah yeah exactly i just don't really get uh, I mean, we've got, I've gone into this rant before. I don't really get what's going on with DC. Like, for all Marvel's faults, at least they have a singular vision, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a tricky one, um, of course, because it's the start of a thing. So mm. it might take a couple of years for James Gunn to sort of properly lay out his plan. Oh, 100%. I mean, this was half uh, Joker to... Yes, and this is or another Elseworld, so um, this this yeah. uh, Joker series. So they kind of can't stop films that are already in production. So they kind they're they're stuck between well, they a rock stop, and a hard. Place. They stopped Batgirl. Yes, they did. That was annoying because that seemed like it could have been interesting. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough of my superhero ranting. <laughs> I think it's becoming a weekly occurrence. Yeah, I think so. Just... At least for the last month or so, it has been. I'm just fucking fed up of them being I, I i liked superhero movies for a bit because they were doing some good ones and it just has all been blah of late mm-hmm. and i'm i i think i'm just annoyed i think they i i think I, they could be better maybe guardians 3 will, will relight my buzz for superhero movies but i'm well and truly out of them yeah that, i think guardians 3 could be okay but um just we'll wait see. see yeah i also thought thor 2 was going to be good and it was a best m- amid so. <laughs> yes very much so very much so anywho uh i think that probably rounds up the news for this week i think so um, and it brings us on to the new the new and the old movie so callum what are our movies of the week so we're doing a vietnam themed week because in fact even more to drill it down even more a vietnam movie filmed in thailand week <laughs> filmed in <laughs> thailand these were filmed in thailand sorry a vietnam movie filmed in thailand that are critical about news go coming out of vietnam to soldiers and civilians that week. start off with a, a in quite comic and turn quite quite dramatic dramatic and serious yeah. yes like, i think thematically we've nailed it with i this think one, yeah i think that was accidental as well <laughs> so the first one is a fairly new movie uh the greatest beer run ever which is on apple tv plus and we've has about a couple of times uh, we have previous. uh and it has zach efron and russell crowe in the cast and also pairing that up with good morning vietnam which is why johnny the ear yeah. Morning Vietnam. Ouch. That's how you have to say it. Yes, but not into this microphone because that hurt. <laughs> so that's that's it. And um, should we kick off with the greatest beer run ever? Uh, who wants Let's to take it? Who wants to take this synopsis? I don't mind. Do you want to do or shall I? Oh uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go for it. Uh, so the greatest beer run ever is about a guy called John Chicky Donahue. Uh, it's the late sixties. It's in New York, and all of these layabouts these kind of drunk wastrels are just hanging around in the bar and 
all the while there's news coming out of Vietnam and they're kind of very critical of this news coming out of Vietnam and saying if the soldiers saw this critical news, they'd just be completely downhearted. And Chicky, he's a wastrel, but he has a good heart. Uh, he's a he's a seaman most of the year, but in times when he's not a seaman, um, he stays at home, living with his parents, staying up until all hours, going to bed at three or four. But or him and his friends, his, the other drunk wastrels, are getting really downhearted, and there's constant news coming back about friends of theirs and neighbors of theirs that have been killed, and they keep having to go to wakes and funerals. And one day their bar friend, the the, um, the guy who runs the bar that they all go to, where they're all regular, played by Bill Murray, says, like, if we could bring those boys just a beer, I think it would really cheer them up just to, and Chicky being this sort of like a, almost a bit of a con man, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a Del Boy-like figure. He says, I'm going to do that. And he does. He gets himself onto a boat. He packs a rucksack full of beer. And really terrible beer. Really terrible beer. Blue, what's it called? Something blue stripe. Oh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. That's the one. Blue um, and he, beer. Uh, to be honest, I've never had it. But um, I, I was once on a, a flight and they they had some beers and I tried all them. It was an American airline. It wasn't American Airlines. It was an American. I think it was United. And, and they come around and they were... Um, serving the they were serving the beers and i like, what beers have you got oh, we've got pop wise we've got this we've got paps blue ribbon and i was like oh i've never tried that i'll try that because i like to try different beers and the the look that i got of horror from the uh stewardess <laughs> and it was not good <laughs> but anyway that's so yes so it leads to a series of adventures in vietnam where he goes to find each one of his friends that he knows to bring them a beer and it each story leads to a slightly different altercation and uh, johnny what did you think of the greatest beer run ever yeah it was all right <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> but it is i think a very good review of this movie um it I, I, it works it's flabby for it's it's too long at points it kind of doesn't know what it is and tonally shifts awkwardly halfway through the movie um it's probably i would say it's meant to be a comedy but i don't think it's quite funny enough to be a comedy but i think towards the end it tries to become a bit more serious and dramatic and it's not quite serious or dramatic enough to be a, a drama um i feel like all of the acting is pretty phoned in um but it, it looks good the sets are well done it's well put together it's it's reasonably well shot um I think all the characters are likable enough that it kind of hangs together. Um, and uh, yeah, I think overall it's a watchable middle of the road war movie that doesn't do anything particularly exciting on you. Um, but it's not like so horrendously bad that it's unwatchable. How about you? Yeah, kind of the same. I mean, it's really hard to review a film that's so aggressively middle of the road yeah it's so mid i mean there's nothing about it that's that's particularly good it doesn't really succeed in anything it tries but then again it doesn't really fumble so much either uh, it's not doing anything horrendously poor that no. you know you're not offended by it you're not exactly. angry at it you're just sort of nothing it um yeah. so it's it it got quite mauled by the critics as it well, did. and I don't the, think it quite deserves that. No, I, I don't think it mean. did either. Um, it's directed by Peter Farrelly, who's kind of attempted this kind of stuff before. He's the director of Green Book. So very middling, mushy, nothing versions of true stories, and just 
bland uh it's shot in a way that's it's very overlit like a sitcom Mm, is all of the war scenes look very clean uh like you said it's not funny enough to be a comedy but also it's not dramatic enough to be a drama it's not harrowing enough to be a war movie so it's just it is sort of a nothing froth foam of a movie i think zach efron's trying and i think Mm -hmm. he's quite a talented guy but he's not good enough of an actor to sort of elevate mushy material and i think russell crowe's having fun but isn't again anything yeah i mean it's nice to see him in this period of his career where he's you know, put on a lot of weight and is becoming the supporting character actor stage of his life. But he's not good enough either to elevate the material and he's not in it long enough to be anything. So yeah, it's just a movie. It's like cappuccino foam. It's like, it's not unpleasant. It's just, it's not anything. It's, it's nothing. It's a nothing movie. And if anything, that's sort of the worst thing you can say about it. And it's really hard to review because there's nothing really to latch onto to say, ah, well, there's that bit, a terrible, that bit, brilliant. I kind of think one of the big problems with it is, is obviously there's been so many really good Vietnam War movies through the years. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's something that is very kind of, um, you know, it's a big scar on America and the American psyche in the way that I think, you know, Iraq probably is both to the UK and the US. It was a big mistake and people still, you know, Iraq was 20 years ago, uh, Vietnam was... 60 years ago now, yeah, 50, 60 years ago, depending if you look at the start or the end. And and I think it's, you know, it's scar, they've, those things have scarred so many people and those places are still healing. Um, and because of that, it's a really, it's a very deep subject and it's a very deep well. And I feel like this movie has gone to this well with a thimble and taken a small <laughs> thimble out of it and sipped at this thimble and it doesn't quite do you know the stories yeah. that are there to be told justice it, and there's no meat because the the kind of the big dramatic push of the film is chicky's realization that because everybody's critical. War's not good yeah exactly because everybody at the start of the film is critical about the news coming out of vietnam and that's sort of the big kind of push it's like they shouldn't be sending these stories they need to positive stories not negative stories and then he goes over and goes you know what maybe those negative stories are actually the way to go because that's what's happening over there so wow what a big dramatic twist like people lied about the vietnam war and how it was going back in america shocker yeah it's like it's such a nothing and it's because the main character is a bit of a dumb shit but also it's a bit like um that film um uh with um directed by sean penn um not on the road but um into the wild where oh, the yeah. main character is like, y- you can't like, like... Come on, mate. <laughs> yeah, come on, mate. Come on. Like, what, what are you doing? You kind of think at some points, maybe this guy deserves to be shot, actually. I mean, he's this is pretty <laughs> stupid. Yeah, he's like putting loads of people's lives at risk. Yeah. He puts his friends directly in harm's way because of his journey to bring them all a beer. And at one point, somebody says to him, you know, they got beer out here in Vietnam. And, you know... You, that... Probably nicer beer as yeah, well. Yeah, probably. Um, that could have been a, an interesting story. Like, uh, like, dig into that more. Dig into the story about how he's actually doing a lot more harm than good. And this isn't a nice story. This is a, just about an idiot. And that never gets rescued. It's, it feels like an anecdote. It doesn't feel like a full movie. 
And then at the end, it's that kind of like trying to rescue it by he realizes that he was a bit of a dumb shit. And maybe that he meets this journalist and that the war is bad. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something, a little thread as well about how he encouraged a friend to go to Vietnam when he was audibly scared. This friend was saying, should I go? Should I not? And he said, no, yeah, definitely go. And okay, you know, it's a mild thread. If this were a 30 minute sitcom uh, that's doing a slightly more dramatic episode, that would be a really good episode. How <laughs> Uncle Frank. A very special episode. Yeah, a very special episode. Uncle Frank in the si- ni- very 90s sitcom whoops, I dropped my trousers, relives the trauma of uh, telling a friend he should go to Vietnam. That would make a really tear-jerking 30-minute episode. It does not make for a two-hour movie. But, on the other hand, overall, it's fairly inoffensive. It's inoffensive, completely. Compared to Green Book, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's really... There really is just nothing here to really get mad about nor is there anything to get happy about so it's just it's just aggressively nothing it's yeah, just i would agree just <laughs> beige the movie and i think on that very beige note it's probably time to have some adverts hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back, and it's time to listen to If you do that, I get to say, well, I'd buy that for a dollar. (laughs) It really hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. um, See how I don't turn his microphone off or or, or the things that he does to me. Because he doesn't know how to. Yeah, probably. (laughs) <laughs> we just cancel that delete the whole uh, uh, the whole episode will just go through <laughs> anyway all right tell us about the next movie <laughs> so the next movie is <laughs> those 55 subscribers <laughs> dropping like flies. yeah um so this is a movie starring robin williams as the lead actor and a whole host of other people, including a very young Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. He was very good. Um, it's, he stars as a person called, uh, what is his name? Adrian Crown, Crowner, who, or Croner, Crowner, Croner? I think it's Croner. Yeah, I think Croner. it's Croner. Like, like the donut and croissant combined called a Cronut. Croner. Um, he is actually a real person, although quite different I think to the person who is 
in the, who Robin Williams portrays in the movie. I think pretty much in name yeah, Very only. much so, very much so. I, <laughs> I saw, was reading about him Reading after. some of the trivia. Yeah, same. Um, he is a radio DJ that um, travels to Vietnam from Greece. He was stationed in Greece, it sounded like before, uh, after a someone quite high. I, I'm pretty bad with my military ranks, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. But someone high up in the military heard him when he was on... Um, a, a military trip over to Greece and thought he was funny and he was just what the radio service in Vietnam needed to to jimmy up the troops after some pretty bad juju been going on in the Vietnam War for quite a long time and morale was low. So Adrian Croner goes in and immediately puts the nose out of the two people in charge of him uh, as they are classic kind of 80s frat movie stick in the muds whether that would be a dean or somebody who was in a like a fancy posh boy fraternity those kind of people uh they don't like his the cut of his jib as one of them said at one point i don't like your politics i don't like your shithousery i don't he didn't say shithousery i don't like your music i don't like anything he comes he comes he starts playing this rock and roll and he's constant joker second boom 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 taking the piss out of the military and everything and he arrives to put a smile on the troops faces but very very quickly learns that wars are not fun uh, and some bad shit happens around him. Along the way, he meets um, some Vietnamese people who he befriends. Uh, first off, because he seems to quite... What's the word I want to use here? Um, stalkerishly chases down a Vietnamese woman. Um, and her brother takes a disliking to this. But then him and her brother uh, become thick as thieves. Um which becomes an important point later in the story. And, uh, yeah, he continues to go on making his radio show, pissing off the above people, and um, learns some lessons along the way. Yes, yes, he does. So what do you think of it, Callum? I think it's a good movie with an exceptional performance. Um, it's not a perfect movie. Like, firstly, let's bring up one of the big elephants in the room, is that Robin Williams is kind of a sex pest in this film. Like, mm-hmm. good Lord, leave that woman alone. She's told you no something like 11 times. Stop pursuing her. It's getting weird. Um, so that aside, the film, like you, you did mention this in, in your sum up, um, it's like the, the crusty old Dean. The villains in this movie are very much like 80s frat brother, you know. Uh, it is kind of like Animal, Animal House, House yeah, Vietnam. It That's is. Kind of, when I was watching, I hadn't, seen, I, I hadn't seen it probably for like 15 years. Uh, or yeah, for about fifteen years, and I was like, "This is like Animal House Vietnam." Yeah, no, absolutely, it, it it definitely is. And um, so the movie is kind of structured in sort of a odd way because it's uh, Robin Williams doing stand up in the booth, and then as soon as he leaves the booth, it sort of becomes a straight movie with a, a semi comic or or a dra- drama dramatic a dramedy performance. And it's a really good one. Uh, Robin Williams deserves his plaudits. This is his first Oscar nomination, which he would eventually get many and eventually win for Goodwill Hunting. And it's completely deserved. It sort of uh, stationed a point in Robin Williams' career when he could sort of explore both drama and comedy. And this was sort of the, the turning point for that because an Oscar nomination like that opens doors in that way. 
but the film itself is it's not mid like um the greatest beer run ever it's better than that just because barry sonnenfeld is a um is a better director than that actually no sorry mixing up my Barry's Barry Levinson sorry Barry Sonnenfeld is the director of Men in Black um he's a better director than that and in the 80s he was having a pretty good run I mean he started the decade off with Diner and he would go on to make some you know pretty darn good movies of that decade so he knows how to make a fun movie it's just that the movie that he's in it's pretty standard stuff um it's like a frat like you said frat brothers in Vietnam Animal House in Vietnam the all the stuff in the booth is uh, improvised by Robin Williams. And of course, when you let him off, off the leash, he's going to be very funny because he's a very, very, very funny man. And that stuff is just lightning in a bottle. You know, he was just wonderful at that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a solid movie with an exceptional performance. Uh, Johnny, what did you think? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I So, yeah, kind of going back to the, the, the motifs, I did, it, it amazed me how much of a kind of that era younger person's comedy movie with you got the the comment the the you know whatever they are the i was gonna say commentant i think that's very much not what they are <laughs> uh, but the the kind of people up in the military being like don't you do that i can't stand for this and thinking that they're you know get getting their kind of comeuppance and thinking they're this and then all of the kind of people that are on his side around him sniggering at them all the time and then you kind of almost in all those movies get the person who's above the people that are having a go at him who actually quite like them. Like you get the dean always, it's the vice dean that doesn't like them. And the dean's always like, oh, they're kids, let them have fun. It kind of had that kind of feel to it. Um, but, you know, that some of those movies are quite good fun. And this is one of the better ones of that style of movie. Uh, there's a lot of mash thrown in there as well. That kind of, um, again, that kind of quite quick witted, um, but in a dark situation kind of vibe. And what it does do, which those, you know, Van Wilder party liaison, which has been you, admittedly, or Animal House, you know, those National Lampoon kind of movies don't do or can't do, is it does have a bit of levity to it. So it does have, you know, it's a, uh, doing something like that and being kind of fun and frivolous in a war zone. Um, it may help morale and it may make people happier and things like that, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they're in a place where people are dying. and people on both sides are dying and that people have different opinions on and you know and and it does actually allow there to be a bit of more complexity to it so it's it's a, you know it's a it's a more interesting movie than a lot of those um you know those kind of the, the kind of movie that it, structurally it seems to be based upon and like you said robin williams is impeccable in it everything everyone else is solid and supports him well and kind of gives him a structure to do that in but actually I didn't like it as much as I liked it 15 years ago. I think some of the problem, there's some bits of problematic. Some of the, some of the things he says, I almost find a little bit problematic at times. Um, again, I, it's meant to be what someone might say in the sixties. And it was made in the eighties. When... It was made in the eighties. Yes. So, you know, you have to take that into account. And the same thing, like, I think now if you had a character acting that kind of, um, almost possessive of a, of a, of you know, a woman that would be problematic, but yeah, and I think is that what I, that creeped me out a bit, which probably again when I watched it 15 years ago, maybe I didn't think quite as much. I probably did think it, but I probably didn't think it anywhere near as much as I think it now. Um, so there were things that detracted from it for me, but that Robin Williams performance is one of his best. I wouldn't say it is his best. There's two or three others that are kind of maybe slightly better, but it is. It's a really 
you know, good movie from that point of view. Also, I'm a bit of a sucker for um, a Vietnam War movie because I just love that area of Asia and love it aesthetically. And as I said, it was filmed in, I could tell it was filmed in Thailand. I know what the buildings in Thailand, I used to, for those who don't know, used to live there. So I know what the buildings in Thailand are. There was these certain, there's these certain type of bridges they have, which they don't have in Vietnam over the, um, the rivers and the canals. And I could tell, I was like, oh, that's a Thai bridge. That's a Thai <laughs> pipe, the way that pipe is done. It was, so yeah, I kind of am a bit of a sucker for that kind of stuff as well. So now overall, I really like it and I really enjoy watching it. But there are some reservations. Yeah, certainly some reservations. Also, uh, comparing the two movies, uh, with they both have themes of news getting out of Vietnam and into the uh, ears of soldiers and or civilians. Um, we're lying to people. What? And this, censorship. Yeah, and censorship and everything like that. This one handles it a lot better by... Mm-hmm. Well, Firstly, by making Robin Williams central to the drama, even if the drama itself is a bit convoluted because it has to do with this friend that he makes... Um, the 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 brother um and how it's personally linked it's a bit convoluted but you know for a movie it's solid enough and you find yourself caring a lot more because the character is personally affected it's not like in the greatest beer run where it's like this news might annoy people who we don't see in the movie Uh, um oh no um this way you know you have a slightly stronger link um, so yeah, in that terms, it at least knows how to make a kind of more compelling movie as it should mm. be and a more compelling three act structure. So it, it tells its yarn as well as it needs to. It doesn't, like we said, doesn't do it exceptionally, but it does it solidly. Um, and, um, it, you have a very compelling leading man delivering it. So you could do a lot worse, frankly. And yeah, I agree. It's not his best performance of his Oscar nominations, it's probably his weakest because just because it's the most just Robin Williams being Robin Williams, like it's not really him kind of being a, a fully developing into a character like in Goodwill Hunting. And even though I find it a bit irksome, um, Dead Poet Society is a bit more subtle, but mm-hmm. it's still nice to see him. Also, do like thing. one hour photo is, you know, yeah. very or, different, like pushing or, the boat out, which I know world's is greatest dad or something like that. Um, yeah. A few of his other nastier performances that the Academy wouldn't touch they're a lot better but still it's nice to do, see robin williams do his thing especially if you miss him which i think people our age all do because yeah. of we were grew up on videos like jumanji and aladdin uh, and the more kiddie stuff uh so just seeing him do his thing is just nice to watch him do his thing yeah absolutely no i yeah i, I do i have got a soft spot for this movie you know it was one of the reasons i wanted to to do this for this episode because i hadn't watched it for a long time and and i did have a soft spot for it and i came out fairly undisappointed but with as i say a couple of reservations yeah same same very much same i think that probably wraps up our review of that i think so so. yes callum the greatest beer run Mm. what are your wrap up and score well it's just such a I kind of forgot a lot about it. I had to sort of remind myself. I reread the wiki page and the IMDb page and some of the trivia and just to remind myself of what actually happened in the film because it just washed over me <laughs> and then it went away. Um, yeah, very middling, uh, but nothing inoffensive. Um, I would say uh, watch it. You might have an okay time, but frankly, I don't know if you will. It's so nothing. I'd say four out of 10, which doesn't necessarily mean bad. If four out of 10 just means it's... It, you know there's nothing there's no meat there mm. i think personally it's it's okay acted it's an okay story but 
it's not that long a film, but it felt a bit too long. Um, it's okay shot, but nothing again. Like you say, it's a bit kind of a bit washed out. It's literally the definition of okay. Yeah. So I, I can't say I didn't half enjoy it. I, you know, it was fine. If you want a movie where you don't have to pay too much attention to it, but like it would be good on a plane or it was good in, you know, on a Sunday, lazy Sunday, or you might be scrolling through your phone at the same time or something like that. Um, so I'd I'm be, gonna give it a five. <laughs> yeah, I'd be annoyed at it if I paid to see this in the cinema. Yeah, I, sure. and I think that's probably why critics were against it because critics see films in a much different light. They probably didn't see it on a Apple Plus. They probably mm-hmm. went to see it at a screener, like with all the yeah, other well, movies. I wasted my two hours because yeah, exactly. I couldn't sit there on my phone. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. I'm gonna give it a five. I'm gonna give it a little bit more than you. Okay. And. It's not funny. Um, I'm going to say that (laughs) with the strength of Robin Williams' performance, delivering a solid movie. Uh, So the movie itself is 6 out of 10, but it's got an exceptional performance in in the center, which bumps it up to a 7 for me. Um, The story, it does its job. It's a solid movie. It's, It's not of the 80s Vietnam movies, of which there were many, (laughs) this is not one of the masterpieces, but you will come away from it liking it because of Robin Williams, despite its flaws. So it makes makes a solid movie a bit more solid. So 7 out of 10. Yeah, I would agree with most of that. I think it's, uh, yeah, you know, solidly structured comedy movie with a little bit more, a little bit of depth, I suppose. Um, but uh, yeah, an amazing central performance from Robin Williams. Incredibly funny, all the stuff where they've let him off the leash. Um, you know, Robin Williams was someone with a lot of heart, very heartwarming, someone that you, you know, really kind of felt affected by the characters. I actually quite liked a lot of the secondary characters. I think they, you know, support did a good job of supporting him as well and were believable. Um, and even the uh, villains, they did their job well. So uh, yeah, Bruno exactly. Kirby did. is someone I'm a big fan of. And he was in When Harry Met Sally. He's a dependable yeah. 80s guy. 80s kind of comedy foil. Yeah. Straight man to... Uh, Very yeah, much so. Comic foil. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I would... Uh, I, I Because I just like Robin Williams' performance so much, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, so we, so that was at a four point five and a seven point five. Yep, nice, so cool. That's a, a good little score there. So yeah, two movies. Uh, one which I would say is definitely a watch, available on Disney Plus, and the other, if you've got something spare to do, it's on Apple Plus. If you really want to. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think it's time to say goodbye. Until the full podcast. Later.